0: Hey there, soul family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic soul-centered life. Today we're touching on a on a topic that's close to my heart. And we're talking about dealing with the grief of divorce or or the loss of any relationship for that matter. I want to get straight into this message because so many people out there, you know, I, I feel like I this message leaped into my spirit today and I feel like I'm called to help help those out there discern what's really going on because I see so many people going back to relationships that they were led out of it wasn't even a decision that you made yourself. It's like something else from a higher place, you know, got you to a place where you just couldn't settle in that relationship anymore for whatever reason. And sometimes it's not because it's a bad relationship whatsoever. Uh, for me personally, I, I, don't, I don't ever for one minute ever consider that my marriage was bad. In fact, most people would would kill to have the kind of marriage that I had, but there was just something in my soul that would not allow me to to settle there. I just never felt settled. You know, we had an incredible marriage for, you know, 10 years and, um, and three children, but, but, you know, I went through a very deep awakening process. And in that awakening process, I realized that I, we just, I didn't feel like we aligned the same way anymore. And my soul started to feel unfulfilled because of the needs that weren't able to be met. And then I would see, you know, my, my husband, you know, in an attempt to be who I needed him to be, it started to sadden me that he would have to dishonor himself in order to be who I needed him to be. And, and I felt like that was damaging to his soul. So I personally, you know, I don't believe that we should ever dishonor ourselves and our, our true path. And um, for, for any reason, you know, any, any contract that we've signed, no matter what that is. So I want to help those of you who are out there that maybe are. uh, maybe thinking of breaking up with someone at the moment going through a breakup have just broken up have broke up a long time ago but still don't feel like you're over it or through it still feel like you're burdened by it anything like that anyone that has uh, experienced any kind of separation with someone who really did mean a lot to them and who who you made a, a true commitment to at any level this message is for you today so here's the thing, all experiences of loss, whether, whether we lose a job, a career, a house, whether we lose a person in our lives by the way of death or just the end of a relationship, it doesn't matter what it is, but all experiences of loss go through the SARA process. okay? And this can sometimes help just for you to identify which part of the process you're at. So let me share with you what that stands for. It's called the SARA process. okay? It, it, it's the grieving process we go through any time we experience loss. So the S stands for shock. The first thing we go through is shock. Is And even if you are the one making the decision, you know, if the decision is made for you by the other party, uh, your level of shock can be a whole lot deeper sometimes. But even if it's you yourself making the decision, when you get to the moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've just made the decision. I haven't announced it yet. You know, I'm still fighting with myself to try not to make the decision. But I felt that. It dropped from my head to my heart and I feel like it's done. Uh, you, you yourself go through shock even when you are the one that makes the decision. So the first process of shock, just like I can't believe this is happening. It's like you kind of going to zombie land. It's like you emotionally and energetically disconnect from everyone around you, particularly the person that's involved because you're just in a state of shock where you don't even have the ability to process information. So you get your guards up and, and try to steer clear of anything that requires energy or emotion to begin with. Once you go through shock, the next process you hit is anger, 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 that they've made the decision, anger at yourself for for making the decision, angry at yourself because you know you couldn't keep the promise you made, um, or if you're on the receiving end of the decision, you know just just anger for how, how could you do this? You know we've been through so much, um, you know real deep resentment and uh, and and a need to, uh, I guess a need to fight the decision. But but that anger process you go through that, whether you are the person making the decision or whether you are the person receiving the decision. So for some of you out there that have been the person who uh, I guess was on the receiving end of the decision, understand that the person who made the decision still went through this process, particularly the more awakened they are, the more conscious they are. You know, if there's someone that's, you know, some crazy abuser, that uh, is a narcissist and disconnected from human emotion and any level of compassion, then yeah, maybe they, maybe they don't go through this process, but I'm talking to a conscious audience today. I'm talking to those who are connected, who are trying to work out why is this happening? Why do I feel like I need to make this decision? I'm trying not to, why have I made the decision? Or why did he or she make the decision? Okay. We're, We're searching for answers constantly. After shock, you go through anger you're angry at the situation that it got here how did it get here why did it have to get here okay that's a normal part of the process now the next one is the r stands for rejection okay um once you once you move through anger you you go to rejection where it's like wow like you know i'm not wanted anymore Um, Or on the other hand, if you're the one making the decision, feeling like, oh my gosh, we don't connect anymore. You don't love me. I don't really feel like I love you. You know, um, you don't really meet my needs anymore. Whatever it might be, no matter what, there's a level, there's a feeling of rejection that you go through where where you really start to experience the disconnect and you feel unwanted. Uh, Even if this is in a workplace and you've lost your job or something, you're in shock that you've just lost your job, then you get angry at the boss or the workplace for making that decision. Then you go through rejection wow, they don't want me anymore, I'm not wanted, I'm not valued, I'm not important. uh, and so, you know, rejection brings with it a whole lot of baggage. Particularly if you've lived a life where you've been rejected as a child, um, or you carry unresolved emotion around rejection. If if rejection is a trigger point for you, then this point here will send you into a frenzy of emotions. And it, it is really hard because you think that the decision of the other person has caused you to feel so unwanted and and so deeply um, unworthy and unimportant. And undervalued, but but I want you to, you know, a, a, as painful as it, as it is, and please, I, I'm not by any means trying to dismiss the process of the pain, but this is about just understanding the pain. And and when you're feeling like that, you know, understand that that some of that emotion, just question yourself, ask yourself: is all of this coming from this moment of rejection, or is this just triggering some unresolved rejection baggage that I carry and now this is the deepest level of rejection that I have felt and so it brings up and, and 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 magnifies all the past rejection that I've ever felt also so we go through rejection after we go through rejection and we allow ourselves to to feel it uh, we start moving into acceptance, okay? We start going, well, you know, it is how it is, right? I mean, I have to accept it. Um, you know, I don't want to accept it, but I kind of have to. It just is how it is. I have to plan my life. I have to move forwards. you um, saying, you know, even when we deal with death, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, they're gone. And 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 we, we go through, you know, that anger and shock stage first. But then at some point, we have to move into acceptance, which is, you know, it is what it is. And it doesn't mean we wanted it to be this way. It doesn't mean we planned it. For it to be this way but it is what it is and we can sit there and think about how, how unfair it is and we can sit there and, and collect evidence to prove how uh, how wrong this situation is and, and you might be right you might be able to collect so much evidence that you have so much proof uh that you know to back up the fact that you're right and you might be right but my question is this like is is yes, you might be right, but how does thinking that serve you? Okay. How does, I had a friend that that, that lost her husband. I remember saying to her one day, and she said that it, it ended up being a very helpful, um, you know, conversation in her grieving process. And she rang, you know, she was really upset one day. It's talking about how her uh, her children didn't have a dad and it was for coming up to father's day and all the kids at school were you know making father's day things and, and and her children didn't have a daddy to make something for anymore and she was saying you know it's so unfair it shouldn't be like this this is so wrong you know and i and, and my, my response was yes I, I i you are so right it is so unfair it shouldn't be like this this is you know it, it, it's it's the worst thing ever but how does that serve you how does thinking this is so wrong this is unfair where is there any benefit to that thought to you or to the children or to anyone and so i invite you you know and I'm not I'm not asking you to dismiss the pain but in a, in amidst the pain just you know allow yourself to move into acceptance and 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 part of that process is is standing guard the door to your mind you know what because when you're going through grief and loss it's a perfect breeding ground for ego to throw out seeds of doubt seeds of worry seeds of you know anything to 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 destroy what harvest might be coming next in your life and so this is the perfect most fertile ground for ego to to kind of move its way in and get you off target and get you off track with your life purpose and and allow you to be all consumed by this pain that you're experiencing. So so questioning everything helps you move through acceptance. You know, okay, yes, that's true, but how does that serve me? Yes, that might be, it might feel unfair, but you know what, it is what it is. So we go through acceptance. And after acceptance, and only after acceptance can we move through to the last stage of the process, the, the letter H, which is heal. We begin to heal. You cannot heal what you won't feel. So if you if you really want to get to the stage of healing, you must allow yourself to go through the process. You must be present and honor every emotion that shows up during shock every emotion that shows up during anger every emotion that shows up during rejection and all the thoughts and perspectives possible that help you move through acceptance okay and and not only do you need to um, feel what you need to feel in this instance but you also need to raise your awareness to not only you know what's causing me pain right now but in addition to that um you know where where is this triggering pain that I've left inside of me from my past? Also, you know, because if it's not just this one bag, if there's other bags that I've been carrying that I never even realised I had, and 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 this and this moment or this decision it, uh, has. Has triggered all of that that maybe I didn't even know was buried in me. If you can process all of those as well, not just go, okay, what's the rejection I'm feeling right now, but when else have I felt rejected in my life? Let me bring up all the times in my life where I felt rejected. The time my mum rejected me, the time my dad rejected me, the time my friends at school rejected me, and I didn't have friends for a couple of days. All of those things. You want to really, uh, you know, take your take your awareness into those experiences because because. because it really helps you completely clear the baggage, not just deal with the baggage and lighten it a little bit, but then still get around and move through to the next chapter in your life, still carrying the bag. This is a process of being able to, you know, not just take the bag off your shoulders, but to literally unzip and unpack the whole bag, literally tip out the entire contents of that baggage that you carry around any of those emotions so that when it comes time for you to heal and to move forwards, none of that comes with you. And therefore this process will have grown you um, and when 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 uh when the pain grows you, you move to a higher level of consciousness. You have a new level of understanding as you move forward into the next phase of your life, and therefore you attract a new partner or a new group of people or whatever it is that you need to move to where it is that that, that, that this process and this pain has actually set you up to move to. So we've covered the Sarah process now. I want you to understand um, something that, that I learned um, through, my own, through my own divorce and now I teach to a lot of people that I coach and that is there are three things that we grieve for during, during our, uh, any experience of loss, okay, but particularly with a loss of, of a relationship and in particular a marriage. First of all, we grieve for the person. Whether you are the person making the decision or you're the person receiving the decision, um, yes, you grieve for the person. But in addition to that, we also grieve for two more things. And this is where most people aren't aware. They can't understand why they can't get through their grief. Or, you know, then they start thinking, well, maybe it's because I am supposed to be with him or I am supposed to be with her. Maybe I should just try a bit more. And they move back to a relationship that the universe was leading them out of. And then they they kind of defy their life their their life path and they they betray their their own soul because they move back to something that they were being prepared to move away from and it's because they you know we all we think that it's the person the reason we can't get past it is because we need that person and we start you know questioning ourselves and questioning our decision or whatever it might be now in addition to grieving for the person we grieve for two other things and that is we grieve for the habits and we grieve for the dream, okay? And I want to go into some depth around this, okay? Understand that you only ever have one decision to make, whether you are the person making the decision to divorce or to separate from a relationship or the person receiving it. There's only one decision you ever have to make, and that is the decision to follow your life path. I don't have to decide whether or not I um, go through with this separation. I don't have to decide what happens next. All I decide is... Uh, I'm just going to honour my life path, the path that gives me peace, the path that is all aligned with all that I am, where I can be my most authentic self, and the decisions that bring me that peace, which validate that I'm on the right path. Now, that's the only decision I have to make. I don't. It's not me deciding to divorce, for example. I'm just deciding to follow the the calling on my life, and if it so happens that uh, unfortunately divorce is part of that process, then I'm not going to necessarily take, uh, I guess, a responsibility for that decision in in a way because I'm honouring my life path. Okay, I'm not making you can't make two decisions. You can't say, well, I'll honour my life path, but I won't get a divorce, or I will get a divorce depending on what, because. If your life path is such that the pain of divorce is supposed to be part of your process so that, um, so that you can experience a level of pain that then brings you a level of healing and growth that advances you to your next stage of consciousness where you can touch the lives you could never have touched before uh, and you can serve from a different space, then, then the decision to divorce is, 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 is default. Okay. It's not even your choice because if that's not part of your life path, then you wouldn't be led to having to make that decision. So just don't take on the burden of too many choices. Um, and, and I'm going to talk a minute about, you know, how to fight for the marriage also, because I, I'm certainly not saying for one minute that, um, you know, that yes, you know, if it's not feeling right, just go and get a divorce. I, I honor the whole process of marriage. I honor, you know, all that marriage is. Uh, and still to this day, I honor, I honour my marriage and the marriage that I had. Um, and, and so I think it's an incredible thing. But uh, I also know, I also believe that there is, a, there is a contract on all of our lives that is a whole lot higher and a whole lot deeper than any human contract we can ever have signed. And that is our sole contract, the reason that we are here. So we'll get to that in a moment. So... Part of the pain that you experience during a relationship breakdown comes from the contract you are breaking with yourself, not necessarily from the other person. Understand that the intensity of the pain that you feel isn't just because you're losing a person. Okay part of that pain has nothing to do with the person it has all to do with you it comes from the contract that you are breaking with yourself particularly if you are the person making the decision for this separation regardless of the circumstances even if the person has betrayed you there's been infidelity it doesn't matter what it is if you're the one calling the shot you're still breaking that contract that you made with yourself there is pain in breaking a promise that you made with yourself okay we all stand there on that day with true intent in our hearts uh, and true commitment to the promise we're making, not knowing, not understanding what lies before us. So remember that there's a contract on your life that is much bigger than any marriage contract or any human written contract for that matter, any contract that, that exists inside the human world. Remember humans created the the, the marriage contract. We, we put together what that law says, you know, humans put together, um, uh, I guess, you know, uh, the, the written side of that contract that we sign, but our souls don't work that same way. Okay. So honor your soul contract. Now let's go through the three things that we grieve for. As I said, the first thing we grieve for is the person. Now there are two types of grief that you must handle. You must handle your own and you must handle the grief of the other person. Okay. So Yes, if you're the person making the decision, you've gone through a whole lot of your grieving process before you've even got to the decision, okay? The grieving process starts before the decision is resolved. Then at the time that you announce your decision, in that moment, your grieving process is somewhat gone, Okay, some is somewhat you know you've made it through a large part of your grieving process, but that will be the beginning of the other person's. And I believe it's set up that way, because if you stay in alignment with yourself, and if you're doing your divorce or your separation consciously, uh, and you truly do honor and you truly do care for the other person, it's just not your path to be with them, and you know it and you feel it so deeply. Then I believe that the universe sets it up that way that we can't leave until until uh, our grieving process is 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 finished and and the reason that happens i believe is because once you once you announce your decision you've got space in you to be able to be there to honor and to love and to hold space for the person that now is beginning their process but if you were still in the depth of your grief you would not have space to be able to um to hold for them or to be able to, you wouldn't even have the ability to honor their journey because you'd be too stuck in your own. So it can actually become a beautiful process uh, in terms of uh, healing and honoring if you can do it from this space, which, you know, I I feel so blessed that that I've been able to do myself. So if you are the one making decision, you must get to such a deep resolve in your own journey that you've got the space to honor their journey. Okay, so once you grieve for yourself and grieve for your own loss, now you will grieve for the other person. As they grieve for themselves and their loss, it will hurt you that they're hurting. It will hurt you that you're responsible for their pain or that you feel responsible for their pain. It will hurt you to see them so broken. You know, sometimes it hurts to see them want you back so badly. And part of you is like, well, why couldn't you have wanted me badly before or whatever, depending on your circumstances leading up to it? Your responsibility is to hold space for them and to honor them, okay? Now, honoring them means you allow them to go through their process and, and you don't hate or resent them for making your life hard. Yes, as you watch them go through their grief, you will experience some emotions that are not convenient for you. Okay. But that's part of the deal. That is part of the deal. This is your decision. You can't just go, Oh, this is the decision I need to make. And by the way, can you not feel what you need to feel so that I can feel more comfortable about the decision I've made because you showing me your pain makes me feel really bad. So can you just not show your pain or can I just give myself permission to get angry at you for your pain that you're showing so that that way, you know, it, it, it makes me feel a whole lot better about my decision. No. No. This is part of the deal. This is part of the pain, a part of the baggage that you take on if you're the one that, that that's made the decision. Okay, You're if you truly honour that person, if you truly care, honour their process. Okay, honour their process, but never to the expense of your own. Yes, some some you know some feelings that you will feel. Um, uh, what can I say? I don't want to say annoying, but it's, but it's, um, let's just say inconvenient. Some of the things you'll feel are inconvenient for you because you're like, Oh, I don't want to feel this anymore. I don't want to feel this pain anymore, but seeing you so broken makes me feel that pain. Okay. Sit there in that pain and feel it and feel it with them and feel it and hold space that that lets them know it's okay. You are safe to feel your pain. I'm not going to hate you for anything you say to me. You can get angry at me. You can get resentful. You can send me awful text messages. You can not want to talk to me at all. And and I'm not going to respond by being angry at you that you're being so mean and you're being so awful. No, I'm going to honor your process because I've been through mine. And now it's time for you to go through yours. And I understand that you're at the S and the A part of the Sarah process, the shock and the anger part. When we're angry, those are the decisions we make when we're angry. Those are how we protect ourselves. Those are our survival mechanisms. So I I already expect you to go through that process. And when you do, I will honor you. I will never add my own, you know, toxic energy to the situation by wishing that I didn't have to deal with your pain or by getting angry at how awful you're being. No, do you know what? I expect you to be awful because my decision is pretty awful too. And so, and so we honor their pain, but You stand in your own truth and you stay in full honor of yourself. Yes, I will honor you, but never at the expense of myself. And I don't ever want you to ever dishonor yourself uh, in order to honor me. I don't ever want you to do that. So if you are the receiver of the decision for divorce or for separation from a a long-term committed relationship, here's what I want to say to you honor yourself firstly by fighting for it. it is part of your grieving process fight for the marriage okay and if for those of you that that are the ones making the decision i know if you're doing it from a conscious perspective and you're a conscious person you tried to fight for it already too before you began your grieving process you fought for it you tried to do lots of things to be able to to be able to save it. i understand Okay. Now, if you're the receiver, honor yourself by fighting for it. Yes, tell them how bad you want them back. Yes, you go ahead and do all the things that you feel you need to do. Um, and I think that's so important because when the time comes. For you to accept this as your next chapter to accept the reality that, that maybe the decision does change for that person maybe you know maybe you just maybe your relationship needed to get to a rock bottom moment I always say there's an upside to rock bottom and sometimes you know imagine this imagine like this okay for some of you that might be out there listening to this that are going through possible divorce it hasn't been the decision hasn't been made yet but it's look it's leading that way sometimes you have to get see the marriage you're currently in needs to die my marriage did this multiple times for a couple of years before we actually got to divorce and i believe this is why our divorce process was actually so you know so amazing it really was so amazing and and i honor everything that we are now and everything that we went through And and so um you know understand that sometimes your marriage it's not even ready for divorce. It just needs to die to what it is now so that it can become what it needs to become. But you can't go where you're, where, where the universe needs to take your relationship next. You guys can't go there until you die to all that you are now. It's, you're going through a death process. And that doesn't mean that it's the end. Sometimes, you know, the process of death is only to be able to create space because life wants to give you more. And sometimes it's not until you get to the moment where you consider divorce or you you have conversation about it and and the pain gets so deep in in what's about to be the process of divorce that down there, that is where the strongholds break off you both. That is where the changes are made. That is where the space is cleared. And then you find a connection that you could never have felt before. Okay, I went through that process myself 18 months before and, and we went through we said, you know, I don't want to fix the old marriage. I don't even want that marriage back again. Let's let that thing die. Let's create a new one. Let's birth something new. And, you know, we had a a, a beautiful 12 months. You know, um, we had some life challenges uh, that that we were faced with um, in regards to some businesses and finances and things like that. But the way we handled it and the way that we were committed to each other through the pain of that process for both of us was incredible. But we had to allow the marriage to die um, for all that it had been up to that point in order to create the space for their, um for there to be room to birth a new one. You know, you can't it's like once you're pregnant, you can't get pregnant again unless, you know, there's a um some kind of I guess, you know, mother nature mucks up and, and uh something, you know, terribly really goes wrong. Once you're pregnant You can't get pregnant again while you're pregnant with another one. You can't have another baby, you can't, you know, release a new egg, let's say, while you're already pregnant uh, with with a baby at, let's say, three, four, five months pregnancy. You can't get pregnant again, okay? And it's the same with a marriage. You can't have the new marriage uh, until this one is gone. There's got to be space in the womb for a new baby because that womb's got a lot of you know, functions to have to perform and only has the space to do it for one baby in this scenario. You can't just get pregnant again. And so it's the same with a marriage. You can't have the new marriage that you're saying you want until this marriage is gone, until either this marriage is birthed or it dies, or there's a miscarriage of some kind and, and you allow that to go and, and birth a new one. So understand that the process of divorce doesn't always mean it needs to end up in divorce. But I believe that, and I can tell you, I know from experience uh, with not just myself. Myself, but some other people that i work with that at the moment of of feeling like we're done that's where the deepest change takes place and you birth the most incredible beautiful aligned most stunning most connected most um, spiritually aligned at relationship so so if you're on the receiving end or if you're starting your process of thinking maybe divorce is something that you're looking for or you, you you're 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 feeling like you're being headed towards fight for it first okay uh, so that when the time comes if the time comes to have to accept that the divorce is uh, is a necessary part of the journey that you know you did all you could to save it that is an important part of being able to grieve and heal later knowing you did every single thing you could to save it to get them back to fight for it to to uh, birth a new one that is that will help you heal uh, if and when the time comes that that's a necessary part of your process, okay? So fight for it, but don't ever sell your soul for it. And let me explain what I mean by that. Don't ever make promises just to get them back that are out of alignment with who you are. Don't promise I'll be this or I'll do that or I'll change here. If those parts of you are all that you are, if they really are you know who you really are, don't ever promise or commit to changing that part of you because what you've done is you have sold your soul on the altar of honoring a contract that doesn't even belong to your life. Yes, it was a part of your life. It was a season in your life, but it is not the whole of your life contract. And if you ever just, just, just to try and get someone back or to to maintain a marriage, understand that some of your pain isn't even that you want to hold on to that person as much as you think you do. It's the pain of not only leave, losing the person, but the pain of losing the habits and losing the dream that you're grieving for. So you don't even want that person back as badly as you think you do. It's just that you don't want to enter. The pain of having to break the habit of not having them in your life or the pain of of losing the dream to, to, to live happily ever after. Okay, so stay conscious and identify what it is, but don't ever promise to change the authentic parts of yourself just to be who they need you to be. Okay, that is an act of self-betrayal and self-betrayal is the deepest injury your soul can ever suffer. If you change the parts of you that that are authentically you just to be able to maintain a relationship, you have sold your soul to something that doesn't even belong to your path. So once you grieve for the person or the two people, yourself and the other person, you then have to understand that your grief isn't over yet, okay? You also have to go through a process of grieving for the habits that will no longer exist in your life. And this is, this is really hard. This is, this is one of the hardest things to get used to. And, you know, habits are hard things to break. So, you know, you have to grieve, you will grieve for the change in, in, uh, to the structure in your life the space that is left once they've gone you grieve for that space it's like there's space here and there hasn't been space here for years and now there's space and that space gives you grief okay you will grieve for the conversations that you can't they can no longer have the comments you'd get from them you know maybe the, the jokes or the innuendos or you know the touching and particularly you will you will grieve for one habit which is certainty For the certainty that you know that they're there when you get home, they're there when you get up in the morning, that they contribute to the life that you live right now, whether it be financially, emotionally, whatever it might be, to raising the children, whatever it might be, okay? Maybe you have never done life without them. That was my scenario. I had never done life without my husband before. OK, so just identify what you are actually grieving for, because sometimes it's not them. It's not the person you're actually grieving now for the habits. Maybe they did the finances and it scares you that now you're going to have to do your own finances. OK, it doesn't mean you want them. You just want the security and the certainty that they brought to your life that you lose when you lose them. But you're not you're not grieving at this moment for the loss of them. You're, you're grieving for the loss of certainty that they brought with them okay, that you now have to replace. And then finally, we will, you will grieve for the dream, okay? Once you've grieved for the habits and you've gone, okay, well, I will learn how to do life without you. Then there's a, for me, this has been um, the biggest part of my grieving process. And, and, and there's parts of me sometimes that, that, that still has moments of grief for it. And that is grieving for the dream. You know, the childhood dream that I, you know, that I'll grow up and have this happy family, Uh, particularly, you know, for myself, I grew up with separated parents and it was the deepest pain that I experienced as a child. And therefore, it was a pain that I, I, my gosh, I would have given anything to never have to put my own children through. But then at the same time, now that I'm on the other side of that, I realize that, Going through my own divorce actually deepened my healing from the pain I carried from my parents' divorce because. Uh, it made me realize um, that sometimes there is just a bigger plan and that it's all okay. And, you know, I thought that my children would experience my pain, the pain that I experienced as a child, but they didn't. They're they're here for different reasons. They're here on a different journey and they've been sent to me or they chose me as their parent, uh, knowing that this would be part of their life path because seeing them handle all okay and embrace my new partner and embrace my my ex-husband's new partner so beautifully, um, it, it healed me even more. It showed me I'm not wrong. I'm not bad. You know, um, I, I'm still a good person. I'm still a great mum. Uh, I'm still good enough to be loved again. I don't, I'm not responsible for their pain. They came here. They chose that journey. And they showed me that the pain I experienced as a child was only my pain. It didn't mean it was going to be their pain because they're not here for the same lesson. And therefore, they don't, they don't feel pain for the same things and, and in the same way. So we grieve for the dream. Okay, When we create and commit to the dream, we enter a contract with our own soul. It's like the day we sign that marriage contract, we're signing a contract with a deep part of ourselves and the dream becomes something that we own. It's like it's tangible. It's like it's something that I have. It's a possession. Uh, you know, it's something that belongs to us. And when we lose that dream, we lose what has been a prized possession we face judgment criticism humiliation embarrassment sometimes we get ostracized isolated all of those things and all of that adds to the grief but again identify what it is you're grieving for again it's not the person okay sometimes what your the depth of your grief and the reason why you just can't get to the other side of it you don't you feel like i don't want them back but something just won't let me let go. But I don't, if I think of being with them forever, I don't want to be with them. But something just makes me feel like I'm, I'm still grieving. I still can't let go. I'm still, I'm still sad. And if that's you, you've finished grieving for the person. You've probably finished grieving for the habits. But you're still grieving for the dream. Because the dream was yours, okay? It was something that belongs to you. Okay, And breaking up with the person is one thing, but breaking up with the dream is another. It, it burns. It's like, that's a part of my soul. You know, breaking up with a person is, that's another person's soul that was connected with mine, but the dream is part of mine. Okay. And then there's the heavy burden of feeling like you have to start again, you know, and, and this time you're, you're, you're battered, you're bruised, you're scarred, and perhaps too scared to even build that dream again too scared to create another contract with yourself. Okay. So just remember you only ever just to to make it lighter on yourself, to get through your process. And, you know, for all of you out there going through this, my heart aches for you. I, I really do understand the pain and we all experience different levels of pain and we all come from different backgrounds and we're all here for different reasons. But, um, but you know, the pain of, the end of a marriage, particularly if it's not toxic, particularly if it's nothing other than we're just not the same. We just don't have that connection that my soul is yearning for. Um, You know, I I believe sometimes that makes it even harder sometimes because, you know, part of me when I was going through my separation, I I remember thinking sometimes like, I wish you'd just do something bad to me. I wish you'd just, I don't know, hit me or push me over or go cheat on me or something. So that I've, I've got permission to hate you because this would be a whole lot easier if I hated you. But the fact that I actually love you, I actually care. I actually really, really, really care for how you're feeling and for the brokenness I'm seeing in you. um, You know, that, that makes it harder. Why? Because I have to carry more of my own emotion. It's inconvenient. I don't want to have to carry more emotion, but that's the deal. Okay. So just remember you only ever have one decision to make in this life. I believe the only decision we all need to make and, and, and be resolved with and be aligned, stay in alignment with is the decision to follow our life path okay the rest of our decisions are made on our behalf by a plan that's a whole lot higher than any of ours so regardless of your pain stay in honor of your higher path stay connected to your internal guidance system uh follow the decisions that 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 are under that, that have a foundation of peace okay it doesn't mean they're not painful it doesn't mean they're not challenging it doesn't mean they don't burn the insides of you to the point where you feel like it consumes you and eats you up Okay. Yes. But but beneath all of that, there's a feeling of, I know this is hard, but I also know this is right. Okay. And just understand that the universe, whether it is that your marriage is to end or your relationship is to end, or it's to break down and remove all that was so that you can both create a new relationship, no matter what the whole point is life always wants to give you more life wants to give you more and the grieving process and the process of loss is just part of being able to create space. It's one thing to make a decision, but if you make a decision without actually healing, then you don't create space. Yes, you might not be in the marriage anymore, but you can't find a new partner. You know what? And for no other reason other than you've still got all the baggage of the, of, of the last marriage or the last relationship, there's no space there is no space in your soul for a new partner, or you know, being vulnerable. You see, love requires us to be vulnerable because you know, um, when we love, we we are we're open to being hurt, we're open to rejection, we're open to all the things we don't want to feel, and so it loving makes us so vulnerable Um, and and the only the only way that we can hold space for ourselves and be able to um, have the courage to make decisions in spite of our vulnerability is to be able to heal and the only way that you can heal is to be able to feel what you feel okay you cannot heal what you won't feel allow yourself to feel it uh, to identify what you know the things from your past that it may also trigger and and really identify not just, oh, yes, I'm grieving. What are you grieving for? Are you still in the process of grieving for yourself? Are you in the process of grieving for the other person? Are you in the process of grieving for the habits? Or are you in the process of grieving for the dream? And with each one of those things, you go through the Sarah process. When you grieve for the person, you go through shock, anger, rejection, acceptance, and then you heal. And then when you finish that, then you go back through the Sarah process for for grieving for the habits. You shock, in shock what do I do I don't know what to do with life without you I just don't even know where to start then I get angry that I have to do these these certain things for myself now because they were the things that you used to do and then I feel you know a sense of rejection and then I must accept it and then I can heal and then you go through the Sarah process again when when you um, when you really allow yourself to experience the loss of a dream Okay. For those of you who want to connect with me, uh, if this has resonated with you in any way, shape, or form, please—I would love to hear from you. I really would. You know, I would. Um, you, you can contact me privately. Uh, you can go to theholyeffect.com. Uh, you can contact me by email, or you can follow my my two Facebook pages. I have my Facebook groups. Sorry, my first one is called Unbecome: Spiritual Expansion, and my other. Facebook group uh, is called powerful parenting all around how to raise conscious children. Um, And so, you know, I I invite you, please come and join those, those groups and, and really align with a whole lot of people who, um, you know, who, all have the same beliefs and philosophies and are all striving for higher levels of consciousness. Or you can reach out to me personally via Facebook messenger, Holly Noonan, obviously find me on Facebook and I would love to hear from you. Um, If there's any particular topic that you would like me to talk about, you know, if you're someone that comes back and listens to these radio shows all the time and maybe there's something going on in your life. um, If you want me to, if if you'd be open to me interviewing with you, Let me know, you know, that I'm always looking for for real stories, not just stories of heroes out there, but the normal everyday person that can, you know, sometimes they can reach the heart of someone else more than, more than the hero the person that's a uh you know got some kind of profile or celebrity status because the average person out there doesn't necessarily relate to that person they say oh yeah well it's all good for you because you're who you are but you don't know what it's like to kind of you know be me and so i'm always looking for people who are open to sharing their story but if you don't want to share your story but you still have a topic that that, um that you would like me to cover, please send in your suggestions. Tell me what's going on in your life. Absolutely. I'll keep it anonymous. And that way, you know, maybe I can do a show that could really uh, help you. And, and maybe it's not just for you. Maybe you're just a messenger for so many other people out there who also need that message. So, so, as I always say, guys, you know it takes a whole lot of courage to live this way. Divorce is something that takes a whole lot of courage in itself. Um, you know, whether you're on the on the decision end of that or the receiving end. Um, so for all of you out there that are going through any kind of relationship breakdown or breakup, um, you know, I, I send my love to all of you. I send you peace. Um, and and the one thing that I truly do wish for you that I pray for you is that you do that you leave leave this radio show different you know, don't leave the same person you were when you got here depart from here with with an increased amount of courage the courage to believe in a better way the courage to voice what you've got to say the courage to thrive when times are tough and above all else the courage to know you are good enough